Amen. Some of you are just getting started, and I want to welcome all the evangelists to come running to the platform. That song was running, running. I say one guy running. The rest of you are clapping. Hallelujah. But by the end of that song, you were getting into it. So let's welcome all the evangelists. Let's give them a hand as they come. Brett, are you, are you you're not an evangelist tonight? You're only part-time. Hallelujah. Fantastic. Francois, you are leading tonight for the first time, so let's give Francois a hand as he comes down here. I know you've got two, two testimonies with the people. got Ildiko, if you want to come as well. And uh, a lady from Lebanon, if you just want to come try and just... Someone guided to hit here. That would be great. So tell us now what, what was happening down in Labra Grove. Jesus turns up. People get saved. People get healed. You see, tonight was very cold, but God doesn't care about what temperature he is outside. He's out there to save on a daily basis, on the hour, on the minute. He's willing. How willing are we to go out? You know, and I just want to praise God for Iman. You know, I, I just want us all to look at her. And God is using her to bring people into the kingdom. The Spirit saves. We don't save. I can't save anyone. But Jesus can use anyone. You know, and tonight I just want to encourage every one of us to say, Lord, change our hearts so you can use us. The Bible says, go thee into the world, preach the gospel. Not evangelists going through the world, pastors going through the world, teachers, prophets going through the world. That is part of our commission as a church. We really have to go before God. We need to get to a place of anguish, brothers and sisters. We have to ask God to break a heart for what breaks his. We need a heart to go after souls. How much are we hearing the voice of God? How much are we? How much are we obeying? Because if we were, we'd be out in the streets every day. You know? And I'm talking to myself as well. I'm talking to myself as well. So obviously you've been stirred, but tell us what's happening tonight. Already people have been saved. Because you've been out in the streets, so you're, you're stirring us tonight, but tell us what tonight. Yeah, awesome. I mean, like, Ildigo has got a testimony of, of one uh, girl that got saved. There was a guy that got healed. Um, I was preaching on the, on the PA for the first time. Uh, thank God for the Holy Spirit to bring me through that. That was awesome. And uh, after, after I stopped, I noticed there was a guy on, on my left, and uh, I went to, to speak to him, and uh, he was on about, he's got some serious pain, he's alcoholic, he's got pain in his, in his legs. And I was like, you know what, bruv, um, Jesus wants to heal you. He loves you so much, you know. He didn't just die for your sins, but he heals, and he heals this very day. You know, he didn't just heal 2,000 years ago. He's the God that heals today, tomorrow, yesterday. He's in that business. And uh, we, I prayed for him, you know, and the Lord touched him. The pain instantly gone from his legs. And the Lord just took my hand up, like, bang to his liver. And I just commanded the pain to go. And he's like, how did you know the pain was there? And I was like, man, God knows all things. For God, all things are possible. You know, and it was just amazing seeing this guy's eyes light up. We've exchanged numbers. He's coming to church. You know, um, God's really touched him, you know. And as he was walking back, he was speaking to some more of the ladies. And it was just, yeah, phenomenal. But, you know, I say praise God for the souls. You know, that's more relevant than people getting healed, people getting saved. Come on. But people getting saved and healed. So that's awesome. Francois, Ildiko, tell us tonight, you led someone to Christ. Tell us about it. Well, I was evangelizing in Abesha. Um, we met this young girl who was searching, and we talked about God, the love of God, and also that 
Jesus is the way. And we asked if she wanted to receive Christ, and she said yes. And she received just, like, just like that. I mean, what kind of girl was, was she? What did she believe? She came from a Christian background, though, but she hasn't been in church for a while. Um, so she wasn't saved, basically. So she was just wandering wonder, around, wondering about God, but she wasn't following God. That's right. And also, she was searching. So, yeah. So she was searching for God. And so when you spoke to her, right there on the spot, she just gave her light to, to Christ. Yes, she did. Wow. That's awesome. People are searching for God out there on the streets of Labra Grove as well. So, Imam, just tell us, you know, what Jesus did through you tonight. I know there isn't any limits with God, even though you're there in a the wheelchair and we know you've been through these conditions and that, but you've got this fire in your heart and you're leading people to Christ. So tell us what happened tonight. Um, I was um, going with the team and, um, and I asked God, please, Lord, it's freezing today and um, I'm going to, I need somebody to, to, today to come into the, the heaven to, to know Jesus. And um, just um, when I am going in the bus and I saw a lady, she's a Muslim lady, she's Ertian and she born in Saudi and I was speaking with her about Jesus, and I told her how Jesus, he loved her, and how he died in the cross for her, and he wanted to give her life forever and ever. And she said... So this, this lady is from Eritrea, but she was born in Saudi Arabia, and she was there in Labra Grove, and you started speaking to her about the gospel. And she was very open, and uh, she wanted to know about God, and she said, yes, uh, I want to know about Jesus. And I told her, uh, just give your life to Jesus, and he will give you life forever. And she said, I want that, I want that. And she gave her life to Jesus. And she told me, I want to give you my number. I want to see you more and speak with me more about Jesus. And I took her number and thanks God. Wow, that's awesome. So a lady from Saudi Arabia, from Eritrea, gave her life to the Lord. Did you lead anybody else to Christ tonight? I spoke with uh, two uh, Alger Alger Algerian people. Algerian people. You know, our senior minister has a passion for Algeria at the moment. Yeah, I was speaking in Arabic. You know, I speak Arabic. My English is not very good, but in Jesus' name, I speak English. Hey, people from who speak Arabic need to be saved as well. It's lots of people, Arab, you know. I, they, they are very hungry to Lord. Just They want to know the gospel of God, you know. And just, you know, I open my, my mouth to speak with people. People, they want to know about Jesus, you know. And they want to know about God. They are very hungry to Lord. You know, God is wonderful. Last week as well, two person give the life. I was with the team as well. Uh, one from um, uh, Morocco, his name Ahmad, and another one from Somalia as well, Murad. Yeah, they give life. Oh, that's awesome. People from Morocco, people from <laughs> Somalia. Thank you, Imam. That's great. Now, Simon, you guys were down in Shepherd's Bush tonight. Tell us uh, what happened. I know Darren, who's a bit shy to be up here tonight, from Philippines, only been saved about six months. He led someone to Christ tonight, and that, that was awesome to see. So tell us what happened. Yes, uh, I think we had, uh, God is also, I mean, as we all know, he's in the business of saving souls, and he's still saving souls. Uh, three people came to the Lord, uh, Shepherd Bush, uh, especially one of them was a drug addict, and he was saying he's been spending about £100 a day, and uh, he gave uh, his heart to the Lord. And... Um, he was eager saying, look, please pray for me. And uh, we start praying for him. And uh, we've been trying to follow him up. Fantastic. And now, Cordelia, I know that when you came in tonight, you said to me, two people were saved. Is that the same people in Labrogov? The same people? So we don't need to give it again. 
Hallelujah. We won't give it again. Anybody else got a testimony tonight? Susie, we'll have one more from you tonight. We've had um, four people give, to, give their life to Christ just as we went out there. And we have so many meaningful conversations. And I just um, realized that some people, when you speak to them the first time, they tend to have this exterior. But we look beyond what this tough exterior and before we know it the person is already giving their life to Christ so the four people are going to be here so where were, where were these four people at I mean the Notting Hill Gate Shepherd's Bush we just we just came across them as they were passing some of them smoking their cigarette and breaking but where, where were they were in the, smoking in Notting Hill Gate or in Shepherd's Bush oh Notting Hill Gate Notting Hill Gate <laughs> yeah so it, it, it was very powerful it's, it was like just like harvest ready there waiting for someone to reap it and uh, me and my maid it was actually her first time coming but she was like fire as well and it's really great and when we are out there we just know that we, we don't think about it we just ask the Lord to put the word in our heart and people really open up and tell us what they need and we are really encouraged and we're very happy for them Fantastic. Well, that's amazing. Let's give Jesus praise for God moving tonight through all of the evangelists. You guys can be seated. And just to say before, when they go on, God is in the business of saving souls. And we can see tonight that people are ready to receive Jesus. So we want to encourage you to join us at 4.15 in the Law Hall uh, that next week or the week after. Come and join us. And you could be up here as well sharing about how people are being led to Christ. Thank you, Bruce. Wonderful. And uh, just to say that um, Christian is, we're, we're organizing that later on in the year, around April or May, we're going to be having some special courses to help you share your faith and to bring people to the Lord wherever you are, in your neighborhood, in your workplace. So uh, our commitment is this year to make sure that everybody has an opportunity to be trained in sharing the gospel. But don't wait for that, because the gospel is the power of God to salvation for the Jew first. And uh, all you need to do is share what God's done for you. Offer to pray for somebody. People are wide open. When they have problems, just say, do you know what? I'm going to pray for you for that situation. God loves to intervene in people's lives as a sign to bring them to Christ. So, And when you share the gospel, you are releasing the power of God into people's lives. So we're excited. God is on the move. He's not finished with our city yet. And uh, he has an answer. And the answer is the gospel. The gospel is the only power that can remove the wrath of God from a person, a city, or a nation. The gospel is the only thing that can remove the wrath of God. It is the answer to the judgment and wrath of God. So where we share the gospel, we will find that God's judgment and wrath will be removed and God's grace will flow. And we want to see grace for this city, don't we? I mean, on Easter, we're going to have that Tuesday night grace for this city and we're going to believe God for an outpouring. But we are God's grace to the city. Say after me, I am God's grace for the city. Isn't that amazing? You just think about that. It might sound a bit arrogant, but it's not. It's Christ in you, isn't it? But you are God's grace for the city. So when you step out, grace steps out, God steps out. And that's exciting. Well, if you have your Bibles, 
with you, I'd like you please to turn to John chapter 17 and verse 12. John chapter 17, verse 12. God gave me this in seed form for our young adults on Friday night. Friday nights, we're having a great time with um, uh, music and testimony. We had Leroy from the dance group Flawless on Friday night give his testimony about how he got saved and how he shared the gospel and saw other members of Flawless get saved and how, how they pray before they go out and dance. You know, they used to pray before they went out and dance anyway, but he says it's different now because the Holy Spirit and the anointing comes upon them. And he shared that on Friday. He's going to be back with us on Saturday evening because he's part of our church, Kensington Temple. So uh, things are happening. And I shared this in seed form on Friday, but I want to bring this a little bit more in detail to you before our senior minister comes, who's going to lead us into a time of Holy Spirit ministry. So we've got a lot to look forward to tonight. We've had a lot of good things and more good things are going to come. The title of this message is In the World, But Not of the World. In the World, But Not of the World. John chapter 17, verse 12. Jesus is praying to his Father. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept. And none of them is lost except the son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, Father, and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word and the world has hated them. Because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but you sh that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world... I have also sent them into the world, and for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. What a wonderful part of this prayer that Jesus is praying to his Father. And in this we we see that Jesus is praying for his disciples and also for those disciples that they in turn will make. And there's a recognition in this passage of being in the world, but not of the world. And that's what I want to talk about, because Jesus wants us to be in the world, engaged in the world, but not of the world. But sometimes we find that some Christians act as if they're not in the world at all and not of the world. Other Christians act like they're in the world, and the way they act is as if they're still of the world. But God wants us to be actively in the world, but not of the world. So the first thing I want to say is, why are we not of the world? What has happened for us to come out of the world and to be able to say, like Jesus said, I am not of this world, and they are not of this world. 
Well, Colossians 1 verse 13, you don't necessarily need to turn to it, but Colossians 1 verse 13 says this, For Christ has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear Son. You know, when you believe in the gospel, remember the gospel is not words or a doctrine. The gospel is the power of God. I mean, the gospel, the good news of Jesus, the good news that God sent his son because he loved the world into the world and that God's son lived in the world and died on the cross for the sins of the world and rose again and is ascended on high and praying for us all tonight. This is the good news. It's not just a message. When you speak it, when you share it, power is released. And if you add your faith to that power being released, you get transformed, delivered, rescued from the kingdom of darkness and you become transferred into the kingdom of his dear son. The gospel is a mighty deliverance. Hallelujah. You literally change your kingdom. You know, here we are in the kingdom of Great Britain. And welcome to all of those from Norway, the kingdom of Norway, because I know that you have, a, you have um, royalty too, and you're welcome to the kingdom of Britain. And we thank God that there's still a few freedoms left in Great Britain that we can enjoy in this kingdom. But imagine you were to be transferred from this kingdom of Great Britain into the kingdom of, let's say, some oppressive country like Saudi Arabia. Well, straight away, all you women would have to change what you're dressing. And if any of you ladies came in the car, you'd have to get a taxi home because you're not allowed to drive. And so if we lived in an oppressive nation like Saudi Arabia, um, we would be oppressed by their laws and their oppressive culture and their oppressive religion, wouldn't we? And so thank God you're not in that kingdom today, although God is looking for some missionaries, amen? So being in a kingdom means that whatever kingdom you're in, you are subject to their laws, You hear what I'm saying? The British kingdom, the Saudi Arabian kingdom, and that can affect your life. Well, before you were saved, before the gospel came, you were in a kingdom and subject to that kingdom's rule, that realm of power. And the kingdom that you were in was the kingdom of darkness. Hey, maybe there's some of you here tonight, you're still in that kingdom of darkness. But by the end of this evening, you can be transferred. Your citizenship can be transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of Christ. And in that kingdom of darkness, you were ruled. You were ruled by the power of sin. There's nothing you could do about it. You didn't even know you were under its power. You thought you were free. But sin was ruling and reigning you. You were a sin's slave in the kingdom of darkness. You are also under the power and rule of demonic forces with Satan at their head. Ephesians 2 said that, you, that we were dead and that in our dead, in that, in that spiritual deadness, we were ruled by the prince of the power of this air, the one who works in the sons of disobedience. Dominated by sin, it was your master taking you to hell. Dominated by Satan, he was your master working through you, taking you to hell. And dominated by the condemnation of the law. Guess what? In the kingdom of darkness, 
you had been judged and found guilty by the law. It condemned you. It condemned your sin. It brought us all before the judgment seat of God and said, all have fallen short of the glory of God. All are going to be punished for sin. But aren't you glad that Jesus on the cross took the punishment, took your sin so that you could be freed from sin's tyranny, smashed the devil on the cross so that you could be free from Satan and his demonic forces, and took the punishment of the law on your behalf so that you could be freed from the law and its condemnation and transferred from darkness into light. Salvation is a sweet thing. Hallelujah. And so when we're talking about not of this world, you have had a mighty deliverance. Because when, we, when, when Jesus speaks of the world, when we see the world here in John's gospel, he's not speaking about the physical world. He's speaking about the world dominated by the spiritual forces of wickedness, sin, and judgment. This is what he's talking about when he's talking about world. And so when we know we've been delivered from this world, we are not of this world. It's system of thought or the way that it operates. But at the same time, we're still in this world. And Jesus was saying, look, I am not of this world. I've come from my Father. I am the King of heaven and I've come to earth to serve and to save. I'm not of this world, but I am in this world. And I am not hiding from this world. I'm connecting with the prostitutes, with the sinners, the tax gatherers, with all those that people have given up hope on. I'm in the world, connecting to the world, delivering those people that are in the world. I'm in the world, but not of it. But I'm going to go, he's saying in this passage. I'm going to go now, back to my Father. And so, Father, I'm praying for the church, the disciples, the believers. And they are not of the world They're of my kingdom. But Father, I have given you their word and the world has hated them. Twice he speaks about the power of the word and I'm going to come back to that. Because it's the word of God that defines who you are and who you are not. And the world hates the word because it reveals the darkness. The word is the light into the darkness of this fallen humanity. And when you walk on the word, the world hates that word that you walk on. I've given them thy word, verse 14, and the world has hated them because they're not of the world. They're of the word. God is fixing a church that is of the word, not of the world. How much of your life is of the word and not of the world? And the world will hate the word. But then he says, oh, verse 15, he doesn't say, So because the world will hate the word of God, I pray that you will rapture them. He doesn't say that. Verse 15, he says, I don't pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They're not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Truth sanctifies. You say, what does sanctify mean? It's a religious word. It just means separate just means separate, consecrate, but separate. That's what sanctify means. So it means sanctify, separate them from worldly thinking, separate them from the world that they've been delivered from, separate them by the word. The word of God is not dead or impotent, 
The Word of God is living and active. It separates soulishness from spirituality. And it cleanses your mind, renews your mind, and sets you free from world contamination. If you believe it, say amen. Amen. Now, the thing is, when we look at Christians today, the question is, God wants us to be in the world, but not of the world. But sometimes Christians have got this a bit mixed up. The first group of Christians I want to talk about are the Christians. Now, they're not in the world and not of the world. Say what? Yeah, they are acting as if they're not in the world and not of the world. What do I mean by that? Well, these are Christians that are modern-day monks and hermits. In other words, they hide from what's going on in the world. In holy huddles, in Christian ghettos, they hardly know any non-Christians, if any at all, and they don't want to know any non-Christians, thank you very much, because they're not saved. And so we have a Christian attitude where someone says, I'm not of this world and I don't want anything to do with this world. And, and this type of mentality is a Pharisee mentality. It was like once when in one of my cell groups we were discussing how we were reaching out to individuals on our evangelism of three. And when we first began it, we said, right, let's write down our names of those that we want to reach out to. And so we did who we knew. And one of them said, "Um, I don't have any names because I don't know any non-Christians. He said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, I work in a Christian organization. All my friends are Christians. I don't go out and mix in any places where there are non-Christians. I don't know any, I don't know any non-Christians. See, what was that person? He was not of the world, but neither was he in the world, was he? He was isolating himself. No non-Christian contacts. And these can sometimes be Pharisees that say, oh, we don't want to go out there. It's unclean out there. It's unsafe out there. It's not holy out there. We'll just stay in Christian meetings, in Christian friends, in Christian conferences, and and we're not of the world, and we certainly don't want to be in it, thank you very much, so we'll hide until the rapture comes. Well, that's not what Jesus did, did he? Jesus was not of the world or the worldly forces, but he was in the world. In fact, he was connecting connecting with some of the most worldly people you would think of. The Pharisees, I mean, not the Pharisees, they were worldly, but they thought they were otherworldly. The tax gatherers, the swindlers, the thieves like Zacchaeus he went and had meals with. The prostitutes that, that loved him so much they would wet his feet with tears because he'd forgiven them. He was going to these parties and celebrations that the Pharisees would never go because they're not of the world. And he was going into the dark places and the places of need. He was in the world, my friends. He came into the world with a mission and a purpose to connect with those that were in the world and to deliver them from that world. How are we connected? Are we in the world? Are we in, what, are we in the world? Some Christians that are not of the world and not in the world, people at work don't even know they're saved. I remember when I was at Bible college, I used to work in the reject shop. It wasn't a confession over my life. It was just to get me through Bible school here at KT. And I worked in the reject shop. And um, and I was there, and I was like sharing my faith in work and deed and appropriate measures, reaching out. 
And then six months into being there, one of the storeroom supervisors came up to me and it was in a break and nobody else was in the room. And he sat down with me and he said, you go to Kensington Temple, you say? I said, yes, because I'd told them about that for about six months. He said, he looked around. I go to an Elim church too. I went, what? I go to an Elim church too. And he told me the Elim church he went to in London. I said, well, I've been here six months. And why haven't you told me before? I mean, you've heard me sharing appropriately my faith with people. You've, you, I've not been ashamed. Why haven't you mentioned it? Oh, well, you know, so-and-so wouldn't like it if I sh- I'd get picked on or they'd get made fun of. And I thought to myself, you're not of the world, but you're not in the world. You might as well, I didn't say this to him, you might as well not be here, my friend. You might as well die and go to heaven because you're no heavenly use on earth. Do you hear what I'm saying? So not in the world and not of the world. The second type of Christian is in the world, and this is a Christian. The second type of Christian is in the world and of the world. You know what I'm talking about? Worldly-minded Christians who, although they have been delivered from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, they're still living as if the kingdom of darkness wasn't a too bad place to be. They're worldly. They have the wisdom of James 3.14, I won't turn to it, where the way that they operate their lives are on worldly wisdom, sensuality, manipulation, not seeking God for the answer, but trying to find their own manipulation to get them there in life. They are carnal, fleshly. They have imbibed the view of the world and they live by it. Uh, they, they walk by it. They think about it. Uh, when, uh, when those that are of the world make a decision that is against what the church or the Bible believes, they have a tendency to see the world's point of view too. They separate their religious life from what they would call their secular life. They may go to church if it suits them, but they'll do whatever they want. They have made Christ in their own image. Have you ever met someone like that? A Christian who talks about Jesus, and it's not the Jesus of the Gospels. There's no edge to this Jesus. There's no radical to this Jesus. In fact, the Jesus that they're talking about, surprisingly enough, is just like them. The Jesus of the New Testament is not just like us. He is the Lord of glory incarnate in the flesh. And when you come to the New Testament and read the New Testament, you should be impacted, challenged, transformed by the Christ that you see. If you are comfortable with Christ, then you have altered his image. Oh, hallelujah. Christ is the most radical, transforming, exciting, confrontational man, God, that ever lived and is living. You know, if you haven't been rebuked by the Lord in the last six months, I wonder if you're even relating to him properly. Just going around, patting you on the head. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It's not all right. It's not all right. Grace is... grace is confrontational. Grace will confront you with your sin and your disobedience, but then give you the power to change. Hallelujah. And these type of Christians that are in the world and of the world, they weaken the gospel. They downgrade the gospel and its power. Oh, we're all getting to heaven somehow. 
with or without God. No, you won't. The gospel is the power to save. Nothing else can save you. And if you're not saved, there's no middle ground. It's black, it's white. It's no gray in the middle. If you're not saved, you're damned. You're going to hell and you will pay for your sins for the rest of eternity. That's the bad news, but the good news is you don't have to. All you have to do is believe in your heart that Jesus carried your punishment on the cross. This is the gospel, friends. He carried it on the cross and rose again. And one heartfelt prayer, I believe And you have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness and its oppression to the kingdom of light. Your sins, though they be many, have been forgiven you. Your past sins, your present sins, even your future sins have all been dealt by the blood and sacrifice of Jesus. And you are now no longer of the world. You are a citizen of heaven. When you die, you will go to heaven. Oh, I plead with you tonight, if you're not saved in these next few minutes, to make your peace with God through the blood of Jesus. And for others of you, I ask you the question by the Spirit, how much are you what Jesus wants you to be? In the world, but not of it. Maybe some of us need to reconnect with the world like Jesus. We're not of the world, but we're not in the world sufficiently to make a difference. Maybe it's the reverse. Maybe some of us are too worldly. And we need to be sanctified and separated by the truths and teachings of the Bible. You're in the world, but not of the world. This is the key to your life and effectiveness for Christ. Let's bow our heads in prayer. If I could have the ministry team ready, so uh, sorry, the um, worship team ready so that we can move into ministry straight after this. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Let's do business. Is there anybody here tonight and you haven't made Christ your Lord? You haven't clearly said to him that you believe that he died for you and rose again. If not, you can do that right now and I can guarantee that if, 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 you, if, you, if, you, if you believe, if you believe the simple truth that Jesus died and rose again for you, then you will be delivered and transformed and saved and your sins will be forgiven you. With every head bowed, is there anybody here tonight and you say, I'm ready, I want to know that I am saved and delivered from the kingdom of darkness. I don't want to be of this world anymore. I want to be in Christ's kingdom of grace, mercy, and forgiveness. With every head bowed, if you're ready to make that decision, all I'm going to ask is you lift your hand to God and I'll pray for you and you'll walk out of this place redeemed. Lift your hand right where you are. Yeah, upstairs in the balcony at the back. Upstairs in the back, lift your hand. You're lifting your hand as an expression of what's in your heart. I ask for a public response because Jesus didn't die secretly in a cupboard, but he carried your shame on the cross, naked, carried the sins of the world, so that with your bold faith tonight, grace and mercy, people are being transformed and translated and delivered from darkness to light, right now. Any more? For any more of God's grace, lift your hand and I'm going to pray. Father, we pray for those that have lifted their hands and their hearts to you. May grace touch them. 
Lord, let them have assurance and confidence that they are loved and that they are forgiven. A new day, a new start, a new kingdom. They are no longer of the world, but thank God you're keeping them in the world. And we ourselves, Lord, we ask ourselves the question, have we got the right balance? Are we separated by the word in our life? And are we, are, and are we truly, as Jesus has prayed for us to be, in the world but not of the world? Because he's praying for those we're going to reach. He says, I don't just pray for them, but those that they will reach. Lord, we respond in Jesus' mighty name. wonderful day it has been in the house of God today. We've been hearing the teaching of the Word of God. We've been praising Him, worshipping Him. And He hasn't finished with us yet, not tonight. Something wonderful is going to happen before we leave this place. Something wonderful is going to happen to you. We have some guests and visitors all the way from Norway. Where are you? Are you all seated over here? Look at this fine bunch of people. Come on, let's welcome them. Where are you from in Norway? Stavanger. Yeah, I know it. Wonderful. Well, welcome. When do you go back? Tomorrow, very early in the morning. Okay. Um, are you flying on, you know, budget, air, you know, budget airline? May God be with you. You are very, very welcome. It's wonderful to see you. We're going to stand in His presence. We're going to sing a song together. Show me. Show me, O oh Lord, your glory. When God manifests his glory, he does it in so many different ways. And that's the wonderful thing about ministry in the Holy Spirit. You never know what he's going to do next. One of the ways that he shows his glory is by manifesting his presence. The Old Testament speaks about the Shekinah, the Shekinah, the glory of God, the glory of his presence. The manifestation of who he is. And I want to say this to you. Stepping into the presence of God means stepping into everything that God is. His nature, His character, His love, His power, His forgiveness, His healing, His provision, His joy, His peace. And that's why I know that in the presence of God, our needs are going to be met tonight. I want you to be like a holy sponge. That means a sponge with holes in it. 
so that in the presence of God, you can just soak in everything that he is. And I guarantee the God who is your every need and the answer to your every need is going to minister to you. Depression is going to go. Oppression is going to go. God is going to strengthen you and fill you. The most important time in the day to be filled with the Spirit on a Sunday is at the end of the day so that you go home full of the Holy Spirit and soak in His presence all night so that tomorrow, as Bruce was saying, you can be in the world and to be manifesting His glory and His power. And it's all about His holy presence. Oh, Lord, we pray, manifest your presence in this place. Lead us into this time of Holy Spirit ministry. Guide us by your Spirit. Speak to us. Release your anointing, we ask in Jesus' wonderful name. Okay, so let's really rise up into the presence of God. Press in into His presence. Everybody rise up in your spirit and say, yes, I want to step into His presence. I want to see His glory. I want Him to manifest Himself to me in this house, in this place. I need you, Lord. Everybody, let's worship Him together. Thank you, David. Show me the passion of your heart. Show me the life that sets me apart. Show me your way, oh Lord. Make it a real prayer, everybody. Help me to
receive a fresh anointing for your life. It's the anointing of his presence. It's the anointing of his glory. Amen and amen and amen. So wonderful, wonderful. Now I want to pray for people who have breathing difficulties. Anybody that has breathing difficulties right now, will you put your hand right here on your chest? Having breathing difficulties, put your hand on your chest right here. Okay, everybody, let's pray. Now, while we're praying for this, I'm going to invite the ministry team people to, if you have received a word of knowledge and uh, you want to call people forward, I want a microphone down by the side of the platform there and somebody, Gabriel or Bruce or Daniel or somebody just to help you. And then they, you can go to the microphone, bring your word for the people and then bring people forward to pray. Okay. And also while you're doing that, you've got a bunch of people all lined up in front of you. So you pray for them. And right now we're still praying for the anointing of God and the presence of God and the joy of the Holy Spirit and the glory of God to rest on them. Okay. So you do, you do that and we start getting uh, people prepared for giving some words that they may have had so that we can pray for people. All right. Now we're praying for people with breathing conditions, breathing conditions whether it might just be tightness of breath, whether it might be asthmatic condition, or it might just be a chest cold, I don't know. Let's just pray for you all, all of you, or whatever else it is. Just put your hand here right now, right now. Some of you are feeling a burning sensation right now in your lungs. Who, who is that? Who is feeling that kind of burning sensation? It's like a healing power of God. Something just warm on your chest inside. Who is that? God bless you. Receive it right now. Father, in Jesus' name, release your healing power. Just take a deep breath in, everybody, as you're being prayed for. Something is happening. God is clearing up congestion in your chest, breathing difficulties, asthma, asthmatic conditions emphysema or oh, whatever it is be healed in the name of Jesus be healed in the name of Jesus be set free in the name of Jesus now breathe again, breathe again if you feel any change of symptoms in your body, if you feel different in any way you just receive prayer, just wave, wave your hand right now, let's see if you feel different, God bless you something's happening Something's happening upstairs in the balcony. God is there, working by His Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank You that You show Your glory. We pray that You will continue to manifest Yourself in this place. Let's have the first word that is coming through. Thank you so much. Thank you, Colin. Uh, what is the first word you have? If, there's a, if they feel rejection in their life, God wants to let you know that how you are their adopted sons and daughters. So if you feel rejected, God wants to minister to you today. So if you're feeling rejected and that word really applies to you, come down and we will pray for you, especially for that significant word. Thank you very much. Uh, next, please, up on this platform. What is your word? For those who are wondering where God is in their circumstance, the Lord is saying that I'm... Um, 
Have you not heard of me? Have you not known of me that I love you with such an everlasting love? And that he wants to remind you that he's here and he's walking with you. So if you come out for those who think that God is not in their circumstance. If you're wondering where God is in your circumstance, come forward. We will pray for you individually for that. Brett. You know, I was uh, downstairs praying and I uh, had a picture of a, uh, a crutcher uh, for somebody's, uh, it was your left, your left leg. But I believe that it was, uh, if there's somebody in here with, that uses a crutch and you have major problems from your hip or right through your leg or even in your back, I think the Lord uh, wants to deliver you from that tonight. Uh, while we were worshipping, I saw a chain uh, that with uh, like black attached to it. But I believe that there's somebody here that's chained to a situation in your life and God wants to deliver you tonight. There's an anointing here to break that chain. I think it's addiction to set you free from addiction tonight. Um, so if that's you, I'd love to pray for you tonight. Thanks. Thank you very much, Brett. If that's you, please come forward. We'll pray for you. I also have a word for those that want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Right now, as God is feeling people and touching people, come forward. If you've never been able to pray in tongues and had that uh, experience, that baptism in the Holy Spirit, come forward. We'll pray for you here at the front for that. Let's have a song. Okay. Now, listen to me, ministry team people. I know you're ministering there, but you're perfectly free to come and bring a word as you continue so that we can call people forward just at the right time and the right moment. But right now, we're going to continue to worship God. We're going to continue to press in. Now, we had that word about a leg. I think I'm getting the same word. Was it a leg shorter than somebody's? Was that what Brett was saying? A, short, a leg shorter? A leg, a leg, a crutch. Well, it might be the same. It might be the same person, but there's somebody that has an issue with your with your leg. It's kind of shorter than the other. I don't know whether that's literally true, or whether that's just because there's just a little bit of a of a twisted spine there. I don't know. But where where is that person? If that's not the same person that Brett was describing, where is that person? I think God is doing something really strong in you. So come forward for prayer. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Let's continue to worship. Let's not, let's not pull away from the presence. Let's push further into the presence of God as we continue to worship. The Holy Spirit is here. He is working in the midst. He can meet your need, whether your need is specifically called out or mentioned or not, because He knows your need. He knows what you need. So turn to Him. Trust Him right now.
want all of you who are standing. And by the way, I'm sure you know that if you need prayer or want prayer, you don't have to wait to be invited. You can come forward at any particular time to be prayed for. Our ministry team, they're all prayed up and ready and prepared every Sunday to minister to you. So just in case you didn't know that, you're very welcome to come for whatever needs you have. But I also sense that it's not just about individual people who are being ministered to and prayed for individually. I believe that there is an, a corporate anointing here. God wants to fall on all of us and He is doing that because He knows that you need some energy, some Holy Spirit energy, some power, some refreshing because if you've been hearing the preaching tonight, God has sent you out to be in the world. And the only way that you can be in the world and yet not of the world is if the Holy Spirit sends you. He keeps you. He keeps you pure, protected and in touch with the Heavenly Father. And I believe that the manifestation of the Spirit is just for that purpose, to keep you in the world and so that you continue to remain not of the world. And one of the things that's going to happen is God is going to use you in this coming week. You're going to find yourself saying things that you wouldn't have thought you would say. And you say, where did that come from? I don't know why I said that. I'm not talking about stupid things. I'm talking about things that are real and powerful and mean something to people. And you'll just find yourself with a word to give, a word of encouragement, a word of clarity, a word of truth. A word of testimony, a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. And God will be on you and you'll know that feeling and you'll say, yeah, I'm going to speak this out because God wants to use you right where you are. And so let's, let's lift up our hands in this place yet one more time and ask Him to continue to fill us and continue to pour out His anointing upon us that we might leave this building tonight full of the Holy Spirit, full of the glory of God, anointed and appointed never to be disappointed in his presence and with his glory amen and amen we're going to keep on worshiping but i want you right now to press in even further and say god fill my life rest on me rest on me holy spirit breathe on me breath of god flow upon me spirit divine divine holy spirit the oil of the anointing of the Holy Spirit rest upon me tonight and throughout this week in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we continue to worship you. It's so wonderful being in your presence. Wonderful to end Sunday filling the house with praise and worship and receiving more of Him, more of You, Lord, more of Your Spirit, more of Your joy in my life. Be high and lifted up, be high and lifted up.
lifted, Jesus. You are beautiful to behold. Oh, somebody give him praise in this place. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Oh, he's awesome. Jesus. Jesus. Your name. Your name. Oh. Keep praising, keep praising. He is worthy. He is worthy. Jesus, you are worthy. Thank you, Dave. We just want to bless you and release you. You're free to go. It's nine o'clock, and uh, we're going to just maybe sing one more song or just have a few moments to continue in ministry. If you want any prayer requests, do come forward. Do not let this great anointing and this precious moment go by. We're going to continue to pray for you for a few more moments, but you are free to go. God bless you. We've got great things happening this week, Saturday night, in a testimony with Leroy, and we've also got um, next week's Sunday services. Friday night youth, get all the youth out on a Friday. We're going to have a great time together on the weekend. God bless you.